0: I think that's the biggest takeaway that I took from our relationship is not allowing things to compound for myself and also in, in, in partnership, not allowing it to compound. And I do see that I intellectualize a lot of things now because I'm like, Oh, wait, is that, is that one of those things that's creeping up? But it's really important to take our experiences and Move forward with them and not allow it to kind of foreshadow what you're currently experiencing.
1: So, red flags, um, I've been on a journey for the last five years, right? Five, yeah, five years,
2: mm-hmm.
1: where it's kind of like learning about myself, learning about partners from my past um, relationships. And it's funny, some of the red flags. Are actually the things that attracts me to the Ooh, person. That No, so that's mm-hmm. the thing. Of the red flags to me. So, and I say that because kind of like, like I said earlier, I love the idea of being in love, mm-hmm. right? I love the idea of being in love. So, when you meet somebody and they are speaking "quote unquote" your language, right? You you hear what they're saying and you hope what they're saying is true. Based on my experience for me, it's kind of like I hear you, but now I need to I need to see what you're saying if it's true.
3: Welcome to shooting the ish with a Brits, the podcast for David, a white British man.
4: And Jen, a black American woman. Shoot the shit. Ish. She means ish about whatever we want.
3: British dinky deckers.
4: Check. American bonnets.
3: Check. Even mysterious potatoes.
4: Oh double check.
3: So join us for another episode of Shootin' the Ish with a Brit. Welcome to Shootin' the Ish with a Brit you guys. I'm Jen.
4: I'm David. Hello everybody.
3: We're here for another episode. This time it's our relationships with Partners, lovers,
4: mm-hmm. that yes. whole thing. Yes, just to go. Yeah, it's romantic partners. This one. Um, yes. And obviously, uh, a, a, an interesting subject. And and actually, for this one, you know, Jen, Jen and I have been all about being vulnerable this season and, and having these hard conversations. And we figured it would be best for this episode if our guests were our exes. Uh, So later, you're going to have Jen's ex-boyfriend, Hilaire, and my ex-wife, Juniper. Um, uh, Juniper? Juniper! (laughs) Love that. Uh, That's my current wife, Juniper, which is otherwise known as my cat.
3: cat. Oh my God.
4: That's so funny. Although I I did get Juniper with my ex-wife, Trish, um, who will be on later today. Um, that's that's a hilarious Freudian slip clearly I've been spending a lot of time in the pandemic with my cat Juniper who feels like she may as well be my wife at this point Um, (laughs) so we're excited to talk to them
3: (laughs) yeah we are we are or Juniper actually come? now I'm like hella confused um (laughs) yeah I mean I have to say I am nervous I am nervous because I understand my own perspective of how I operate in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I have gotten feedback from like previous boyfriends before, Mm -hmm. but I've never gotten feedback from Hilaire because he and I actually ended on a really bad note. Okay. Like the last time he saw me, it was my back. Okay. It was literally my back walking, walking away. Okay. Um, So this is going to be the (laughs) first time that I have seen him in close to two years, wow. seen him or talk to him. Okay. Um, so I'm nervous.
4: Okay. Well, that's, that's, yeah. uh, that's news to me. And that's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly looking forward to it a little bit more right now. Um, for me, fortunately though, uh, as I said, it's my ex-wife, Trish. Um, and though obviously it was very difficult separating and in turn divorcing her, you know, um, we navigated it pretty well and with a lot of love and respect and you know and now her and i are family still you know there's a lot of love there um and i have some you know all the time in the world for trish and, and you know i'll always support her in in any way i can so i'm very lucky in that way um and it took a lot of work for sure um and a lot of patience um, but we got there and i'm really really grateful for that so i'm I, Definitely a little bit nervous, um, (laughs) of course, but but I'm I'm excited to have them on. I think this is going to be a really uh, interesting episode for sure.
3: I think so too. I also think it's nice that um, you guys will speak from a married point of view. Mm -hmm. I think that's always important. I honestly think that's the highest type of romantic relationship. Um, And then, you know, we'll, we'll talk from a boyfriend, girlfriend standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm really looking forward to the conversation because You know, I feel like there are things that we're going to talk about in this episode, at least for for me, Mm -hmm. and specifically with this particular ex, we're going to talk about things that we probably should have talked about when we were in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, Because having this, you know, a clear understanding of your foundation for a relationship Mm -hmm. is so important and not communicating that can um, get you in trouble when certain things come up and you know, you're operating one way, the other person's operating another and you haven't talked about how you need to operate together when something mm-hmm. comes up, right? Or even talking about each, each, each other's traumas, you know? mm-hmm. or you know, how you even relate to the opposite sex and why you relate to the opposite sex in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, while you know, we'll have anecdotes about our particular relationships, it will in general be a topic about you know, what's important, in a relationship what well, is a romantic relationship you know what mm-hmm. I mean like mm-hmm. what's required so I'm really looking forward to that general discussion
4: sure and, and just in general I mean as far as a romantic partner goes there's many different types of serious and romantic right. relationships ones that are a lot more independent and ones that are a lot more kind of codependent whatever like ends you're on at the spectrum or in between you're still giving up a huge part of your individual life you know, yeah. that's inevitable. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, I think it's, at least for me, it's really important to consider that whenever I get into something new and that's it. something I, in particular I've learned since Trish and I separated as well. And, you know, I've, I've been with a couple of people and, and been through some experiences and, and the biggest thing I, I could say I've taken away over the last couple of years in particular, couple uh, two, two, two or so years or whatever it is, um, is, I'm so much more aware of what I need and what I would like in my life now. Um, and I'm also fully aware at this point that it's perfectly okay to be by myself, which I really enjoy right Amen.
5: now. And, Amen. and that is
4: something that society historically does not allow for or does not encourage at the very least. You know, the expectation is that you should be with someone. And if you're not, there's something wrong with you. I can tell you audience that that is complete crap. Like I'm on my own right now and I'm, I'm happiest I've ever been in my life. I'm thriving. And, uh, you know, I've actually had opportunities to get into relationships and, uh, in the last couple of years. And though it's been with some amazing people, um, in the, in hindsight, in the long run, it's just not been for me right now. Um, I also think in, at least for me personally, in the pandemic time, it feels like a bit of a vacuum and to begin a relationship in this environment doesn't feel the healthiest place, at least for me to build a relationship. Um, I don't know how you feel about that in general. Obviously you're already in a relationship. Yeah.
3: I mean, I'm in one. So for me, I don't know that, you know, perspective, but being in a relationship during the pandemic has actually helped strengthen, you know, our, our relationship it really has, um, you know, Again, communication is really key. And so my current boyfriend is really good about expressing um, how he feels in our relationship. Um, He expresses what he appreciates about me as a partner. He expresses what he needs, you know, emotionally what he needs, uh, mentally what he needs. Um, So in a pandemic, those needs, balloon you know what I mean like you are now alone in your apartment you know what I mean like you cannot go anywhere and in March April May and June that was really what it was you know you're just at home together having to enjoy each other's company um and so it made me realize that I actually really like him that's a big deal for me in a relationship I love him I'm in love with him but I also really like him I like his company I like being around him but in the pandemic, we also needed our space, you know, so before we even get married, um, we have the option of going to our separate homes. So even a pandemic, you know, you can't be too upset if your boyfriend or girlfriend's like, I've been around you for a whole week, whole two weeks straight, you know, like, you need to bounce, not because I don't love you, because I just need to yeah. spend time alone, you know? Yeah.
4: And again, that's something yeah. that I think should be encouraged more. And 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 historically, yeah, hasn't been. And I agree. It's something that I've let myself down on in the past. Is not speaking up when it's you need your own space, and it's been a detriment mm-hmm. to relationships for sure. Um, but one thing you do mention, uh, which is something that everyone says throughout your whole life and through any situation, is communication is key. Mm-hmm. The thing, and what I'll say to that is, that is hundred percent accurate. It's absolutely right. But communication and good communication, especially when it comes to romantic partners, is something that you learn and you get better at. So, you know, when someone said to me five years ago or ten years ago, you know, communication is key. I didn't necessarily have the tools to communicate in the right way then. And same when when I was married to Trish, you know, I didn't have the tools I have now to communicate in the right way. Mm -hmm. And it's a detriment to your relationship. And the only way you learn that, unfortunately is by experiencing it and going through those motions and going through those relationships um, to get to whatever point you get to. Um, so yes, communication is 100% important, but I also feel people shouldn't be so hard on themselves if they don't, if they aren't so good at it, um, just accept that it, you just have a bit more work to do and it's good. it takes time to, to learn to communicate with people. And, it's, and in a romantic relationship, it's also that individual, right? You don't know someone. Yes. And, and, and it yeah, takes yeah. a lifetime to get to know someone completely if you ever do. Right. Um, so it's, it's a lot of patience and a lot of respect and a lot of understanding that you just don't know everything about them and vice versa them about you. Um, so it's really just feeling your way through it and just trying to be as patient as possible to learn your... Yeah.
3: yeah. And, and to get real off of what you said, you know, both of us have been in failed relationships. Okay. So what is it that you think you could have done uh, in order to have made the marriage succeed? What could so, have you have done differently?
4: I'm going to kind of answer this in two ways, and and I'll preface it by saying you said we've been in failed relationships. As far as I'm concerned, none of my relationships have been failures. Every single every single one of my relationships historically. Has, has been a success in the sense that it's been a growth for myself and the other person. And though there's been negative experiences within that, and some of, you know, some relationships didn't end as well as others. Um, I still feel like the success is because I've come out of them and I hope the other person has knowing a lot more about themselves. And myself, and and the world in general, and how to be in a relationship. So I don't see it as a failure, especially with Trish and I as the example. Uh, I see that that marriage as a great success. We had, there's still a lot of love between us, and we had a, an, an amazing several years um, together. And you know, we're both happy now. You know, she's she's happily living with her new boyfriend. I'm very happily married to Juniper. You know, it's just it's, it's, and I, and I'm so much better a person. And by the way, I have to thank Trish for a lot of that as well. You know, like my, my growth in the last six, seven years has absolutely been partly thanks to Trish. So I'm very grateful for that. And that's a big part of the success as far as I'm concerned. Um, And even more recently, you know, I've been in a couple of short term relationships over the last six months or whatever. And I've learned so much from both of them and and, and about myself. And, And I've also just, I've also just kind of taken control of that, need to be by myself and to speak up and be honest and be open about what I need in my life and what I know I need to keep myself sane and and moving forward and happy and um, kind of be healthy in in body and and mind, for sure.
3: Interesting. Well, all of my relationships have failed. (laughs) (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with failing. My goal in every relationship was to stay together. So if we didn't stay together then in my mind it is a failure which it was um did i grow and learn from it sure but they were still failures so i mean just speaking for myself there were so many different different lessons that i've learned about myself um in general my relationships with uh, men in a romantic sense have been very positive i feel like that's a very unique experience I hear, you know, women, a lot of women say men ain't shit a lot. That's actually not my experience, like, at all. Like, I have been with some really great guys that we just get along. They love my dirty draws and ditto. But at certain points, I would, there was one relationship where I was just greedy. There was a relationship where he was fantastic, emotionally intelligent. We got along and I just felt like ooh, there's something else over here. You know what I mean? Like, this is something shiny and new and gorgeous too. Um, and so I had a, a greediness. And part of the reason why we broke up was because of that greediness. Mm-hmm. Um, there another time where um, me and a, a boyfriend getting along very well. He was fantastic. And I just did not communicate with him as to how fast we were really moving like we were moving really really fast and it got to a point where i wanted to like slow down but instead of slowing down i just wanted to immediately get out of it so i did not communicate that so i was like i just got to get out of here you know and so i started becoming emotionally and verbally abusive to him um and then leaving um so Yeah, again, every relationship has been a failure. I'm hoping that this relationship is not a failure, Um, but every single lesson that I've learned from all those failed relationships, um, I've grown from, and I'm not repeating those same mistakes, which I'm really thankful for. Mm -hmm. Um, I can say in particular with Hilaire coming up, because he is one of our guests, I could say that what I should have done more was speak up more. I felt like I was walking on eggshells a lot with him um, because he required, I think, a lot of emotional support. And so there would be times when I felt depleted because he needed a lot of emotional support. And I I did not communicate that, you know? Um, And so when we had a particular blow up, um, I was just like, I'm just done. I'm just out of here. Like, I literally just exited stage right, stage left, whatever they say, and completely cut the door out. Which is why this is, you know, two years after the fact, we have not talked. He was blocked on every single thing you can be blocked from except for email. <laughs> um, wow. But but yeah. Um. But in general, I just really I value romantic relationships. That is the that is such a dream for me, you know, to, to have a, a husband, my husband, because I can get married to, I got several options, okay, but I want the one, okay, I want the one for me, or one of the ones, whatever that is, and so just this idea of becoming selfless and dying to yourself, all those things are very godly to me, and so if I can be in a union, a married union like that, mm-hmm. then like, I just feel like that is a a dream, a dream come true for me.
4: Okay, a couple of things to to respond to that. But firstly, if if and when you ever become the CEO of your own company, can your yeah. can your job title be General Ford, spelt J E N E R A L? General Ford. Is, is I a really like that.
3: I love that. Okay. You're welcome.
4: You're welcome. I might.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
4: Uh huh. General Ford. It has a ring to it, right? Um, it does. Uh, so, firstly, you were saying about being greedy before, and uh, that's definitely a thing. And especially when you're a bit younger, even 20s to 30s, yes. you're kind yeah. of, you know, you're, you're looking around. Of course, you are. And there's a lot of people around there that are very attractive and who appeal to you. These days, it's even worse, right? Mm-hmm. Historically, look, society tells you you're supposed to get married, have kids, and stay with that person for the rest of your life. I don't agree with that. I think that's, you know, if, if that works for you and you find that right person, that's amazing and that's that's a wonderful thing, and I highly encourage that if on the other hand it isn't right for you and you know it isn't right for you you've got to get out of it you know if, if it's going to be a detriment to you and it's only going to get worse and uh, you know even resentful and whatnot um, I think it's important to be honest with yourself and in turn your partner and and so with trish it was it was very difficult you know, but it just it got to a point where it wasn't It wasn't right in the right ways for us anymore and that was absolutely one of the hardest things to go through in my i've ever been through in my life absolutely especially you know we're married like we're committed to a lifetime it was a lifetime commitment and that's absolutely what we believe getting into it and and uh it was very difficult coming out of that and accepting that but once i realized it it was important for me to do it you know i i knew that in the long run it wasn't right to be together um and i had to be honest about that so uh, again, I encourage people to be honest, because as, as hard as it may be for a period of time, if it's the right thing, it will be better in the long run, for sure. And, you know, it'll only be harder the longer you leave it, I would say. Um, the second thing is, is getting into relationships, you say, you know, each of your relationships is a failure, if you don't succeed, if you break up.
3: I, that's me personally. That's how I feel. Yes. Yeah. So, so the, qu- how
4: I feel. The, the question is, I guess I'll press it by saying how I you know, begin something. When I, when I meet someone, I very deliberately go into it with no expectations. So you know, we're not expecting to have a one night stand, not expecting to get married. And I think for me at least, that way it sets me up to not fail, to 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 not be in a situation where I'm like, okay, this has been my goal and I haven't achieved it. Because the thing is it's not, you have, you only have so much control over that relationship, right? It's a 50, 50 situation. So to kind of go into it with, this is exactly what I want is, I feel is detrimental to me. So I try and leave it open, no expectations. If it goes great, if you have that chemical reaction, if if your lives can intertwine in a healthy and, and positive and encouraging way, that's amazing. And I'll just roll with that. If it doesn't, especially now, I'm like, that's not for me you know, for whatever reason, it's not right. Um, so the expectation is key. Um, and then you also said something about, uh, uh, your friends, men all being like shit people, right? Like men are the worst. On the other hand, uh, there's a parks and recreation, which I believe you you've seen, right? Yes. Yeah. So Tom Haverford, he's Ansari in that show, uh, in one episode, he, he's talking about, uh, ex-girlfriends or girls that he dated and he said the thing with ex-girlfriends is you can break up with them and then you just tell everyone they were crazy and everyone accepts it like that, mm. that girl is crazy mm. and unfortunately mm. that's kind of true mm. right in the general sense and that's uh that's a bit shitty that's a bit shitty yeah, it is. the reality is they're not crazy i mean maybe they are but maybe tom's crazy or whoever the man is the reality right. is those two people just didn't work together they just exactly. didn't they couldn't quite find the understanding between each other or that love or that chemical reaction, whatever it might be. Um, but it's so easy as human beings to defer to a commonality and it, or like a, a term that's just commonly used to say, I don't want to talk about this anymore. And it's their fault, not my fault. Um, yes. It happens a lot when people break up.
3: Um, I agree.
4: And that, that kind of, that's where the, I guess, lack of self-reflection and, and understanding about your, your own part in something comes in and, and plays into the equation. Um, I agree. So let me ask, let me ask you this. Uh, romantic comedies, right? Which have been around for as long as possible. Romantic novels, movies, whatever. Two people meet, they fall in love. At some point in the movie, normally around the middle, they it all goes wrong and yeah. they, they split up. Normally really it's because they have fear of commitment some grandiose event happens at the end and they come back and they live happily ever after. Do you think people growing up with those images of romance and love and what love should be has ruined people when they get into relationships and these expectations of what they believe a real relationship should be?
3: I can only keep it with myself. And I grew up with those movies as a 36 year old woman. That's still my bag. Like that's, what i love to watch like all reality tv that i watch married at first sight marrying millions like (laughs) married at first sight australia love after (laughs) Lockup. um what else any sort of love show Uh i am there for it i moved to new york for love and the person didn't even exist yet like i literally was like i'm quitting my job i don't care i don't care I have to go. My husband is out there. And those those movies did play a part in that. Now, as a 36-year-old, my thoughts have definitely evolved. When I was younger in the greedy stage in my early 20s, mm-hmm. the thought was even though I had a guy, like honestly, we could have gotten married, I would have been I would have been happy. Okay. Like even though he was great, we were great together because of my greediness and because of those movies that you're talking about. It was just this this idea of, oh, is better out there. Even though I have great, it's better out there. And I think that buying into those kind of stories did uh, pollute my understanding as to what a healthy romantic relationship was. Also, I have to look at physically what I was around, upbringing. So my mom was a single mom. I did not see a healthy romantic relationship in the home. Mm -hmm. I did have two really strong examples of people who knew each other since they were kids who were together but they weren't necessarily in my home so I really like relied on tv I relied on um yeah I really relied on tv I was a lucky kid as well my mom went to work right Mm -hmm. so it did pollute me it did and so the failure of this particular relationship in my early 20s was due to this implantation that whatever's in the movies whatever is a fairy tale can become real life Mm
5: -hmm. but growing up
3: you know again going through relationships realizing that there's no such thing as that has allowed me to become way more mature in what um, romantic relationships are what they look like and it, it really brought me to a strong conclusion that in order for me to even be successful in a romantic relationship, I have to have a strong relationship with myself and with God, even be able to operate correctly in a romantic relationship. Yeah. What about you? Did movies do a doozy on you?
4: Not, not really. I don't think, I mean, I mean, maybe subconsciously, but consciously uh, I think I was always aware that, I mean, at least I believe I was aware when I was old enough to understand it, that, you know, you've got male isn't the reality, you know, or or love actually. Oh, that's like such a good, good movie. <laughs> but like, you know, they're movies, right? It's the same as watching a horror movie or yeah. the same as watching a thriller. They're movies and they're exaggerations of life. And yeah,
2: true.
5: Uh,
4: you know, if you can you can look around you for five minutes in wherever you're standing and realize that movies are not real life. Um, and also yeah. it helps that I you know I obviously make movies and TV and that's what I've always done. Um, I wanted to since I was a young age, so I don't think it's kind of diluted my idea of of what a relationship should be. Um, but I, I can imagine it can be detrimental to a lot of people who do watch them and 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 think, "Wow, this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the the person of my dreams." Um, and though they you know, though those people are out there, absolutely, and there are these amazing romantic stories, and and people falling in love is a very real thing and very serious thing. You know, there's there's a big beautiful sheen over these Hollywood movies, and and they're not quite as uh, you know, it's not, not how reality is. Um, exactly. So, so, but it's all it's nice to have inspiration, right? It's like watching any movie. Exactly. With inspiration. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And, and get in touch with your emotions, and 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 maybe you do see things in these movies that you think that's what I would like in a person. You know, even if it's individual traits, or I don't like that about that person, it makes you aware of you know, what you do and, and, and don't want in your life as well. So that, that, that's the benefits of them, I guess. Um, so let me ask you this before we get into our guests. Give me a couple of things that you think are key to a successful relationship.
3: Uh, one is um, relationship. And again, I'm just speaking for myself, relationship with God. So if you're somebody that believes in God and that God is like the third person in a relationship, then God, a relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. um is the second thing and three is and this is what i credit my boyfriend to this is like one of the sexiest things about him is that he's dedicated to evolving as a person Mm -hmm. so that's what i think are the three most important things uh to have or to seek in order for you to even be in a successful romantic relationship
4: Okay. I like that. What about you? Um, in, in a similar tone, self-awareness and self-reflection for sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and, and, again, that's something I've only really come to, come to learn in the last couple of years. You know, that's not, it's not been something I've been aware of for a long time. It's a very recent revelation, I guess. Um, the importance of that, uh, respect absolutely. And patience, I think, uh, uh a couple of the big things for me, and obviously they go hand in hand with all the, all the other good and negative stuff, but, if you maintain those throughout, then I think whatever the outcome it will be a positive outcome. Um,
3: yeah, you
4: know as I say tr- using as example, a lot of respect and patience from both of us through the good times and the bad, you know we've come out of it stronger and and you know both happier than we were and and in, and in good situations so um, yeah.
3: for sure
4: all right, shall we yeah. get into it are, are you ready for this
3: i'm I'm ready <laughs> yeah. I think so. All right. Yes. Are you ready for this?
4: I'm, I'm, I'm more than ready. Let's move on to our guests.
3: Welcome to our guest segment, everybody. Um, we are very excited to have two guests on. Uh, guests that I feel like are very uncommon for any sort of podcast or any sort of episode regarding relationships to be on. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is an ex-partner of mine. The other is an ex-partner of David's. Um and we're gonna talk about romantic relationships and our relationships to them. Um so we're all gonna introduce ourselves in the style of a dating profile that you may see on a dating app. Um so yeah, I'm gonna go first. You ready, David? You ready, guys?
4: I'm ready and welcome, welcome, Trisha Please, Jen. All right.
3: So as y'all know, I'm Jen. I'm 36 years old, I'm a writer, producer um one unique fact about me is that I've been on the news in every city that I've lived in um I am originally from Chicago but I live in New York right now um my relationship status with romantic relationships is I'm happily married to it have been since I came out of the womb and I was like where's my husband at so that is (laughs) that's my relationship status um, and the Sex in the City character I relate to the most is really a hybrid of Carrie and Stanford. Ooh,
0: not what I expected. I
4: like it. I mean, yes. Hilaire, I don't know if you're going to be with me on that, but I had no idea about the Sex in the City <laughs> question. So that's why y'all need to have done yeah. your
0: homework. homework.
4: <laughs> hey,
1: I, yes, hey, I,
5: homework.
1: I, I, I did. I'm trying to
0: figure out, like, who she, I'm like, who, like, <laughs> <There's> <laughs> <They're special> <laughs> love, it.
4: love it, um, okay, so I am David, I, I think I'm 35, I'm pretty sure I'm 35, yes. I don't know, these days, doesn't really much difference, I work in television production, as most of you know, and obviously co-host this podcast with Jen, uh, the unique fact about me, is my ears are actually wonky, I'm going to show you that, that, if you look at them, they're different. You know, one's a bit more pointy, that side, look, this one's that's a bit actually the first
0: thing I noticed about you when we met.
4: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. that's funny. Oh, there
4: you go. Wow. <laughs> so, so you notice the floor, you still like me. That's a good thing. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, right. As far as my relationship status, I'm a lone wolf and I'm very content and happy being so. Um, I'm definitely open to the possibility of a relationship, but I'm, I, I'm not, actively seeking one in all honesty I'm just kind of riding the uh the independent wave and, and very much enjoying it um I'm from England obviously and uh, I now live in Los Angeles um as far as sex in the city character goes I have no <laughs> fucking idea um but what I did do is go on buzzfeed because there's there was an, inevitably a question a, quest, a quiz on there about which sex in the city person are you and I am Samantha according oh, to yes oh, I
3: think are. of course of course you are Of course you will. You're just out here just swinging it, David. I mean, no (laughs) offense, you know what I'm saying, but I'm basically what you're doing.
4: (laughs) Love it. All right, Trish.
0: All right. Um, I'm Trish. I am 32 now. I just turned 32. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. I had to think about this over the last few days because I lost my job during COVID and I've kind of geared into starting my own businesses. So I would say entrepreneur. Um, I I, a unique fact, my nickname is actually a food and it's been my nickname <laughs> since I was mm, two months old, maybe three. Um, and David can tell you guys what that is because he knows. Pizza. Me, he still calls me that. Um, it is pizza. Um, I am from Austria, from Salzburg, where Sound of Music was filmed, and I now live in San Diego. Very nice. Oh, and what Sex, I mean, really, oh, Sex in the City character? Oh, Sex and the City and relationship character, or status. Um, I would say my Sex and the City character is Charlotte, and I really had to think about this one, mm-hmm. not only because I have a cavalier, Charlotte has a cavalier, but also because she has this, way of looking at love as um a positive thing she never gives up on it and i feel like i relate to that very much so i take positives from each relationship and learn and move into the next and she seems to have that very optimistic view in life Mm -hmm. that i relate to
4: and your relationship status
0: i am in a very committed relationship Mm -hmm. with an amazing partner um He's actually in the other room right now. I don't think he can hear me, but if he can, he's amazing. Um, <laughs> together, this was a quarantine. We started dating uh, during the quarantine and now we live together in our beautiful home with our two dogs. Perfect. So Thank it has been wonderful.
5: Well, a lot I'm- learned from my,
0: my relationship with David, of course, I've taken a lot into that, which we'll probably get into.
4: Mm-hmm, <laughs> no doubt. And Hilaire, welcome Hilaire. Yeah, you guys really
1: did a dating profile, like, Yeah. Really. yeah.
3: <laughs> we did
1: it. So, I'm like, um, okay, so, uh, yeah, my name is Hilaire, um, 36. Uh, I say that like that because sometimes I forget, like my, <laughs> like, my birthday. Like, my birthday is in <laughs> December, so when the year changes, I have to write that whole year as a 36 but 37. So <laughs> sometimes I'll forget what year I was born in. I have to think about it. Um, my uh, professional background is IT right now. So it's, uh, I always tell people at Unified Communications Analysts. Um, live in New York, my back, uh, I was born in Haiti, came here when I was nine. Um, live in New York like my whole life. I went to school down south, North Carolina Central University. Have a background in criminal justice. Um, I don't know. Like, I like long walks on the beach. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> 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 oh um, so I didn't really
4: think about the unique thing about me. I don't know. Like, I think it might be that your arms are as big as my head. Maybe. <laughs> 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 like, yeah. <laughs> so. I don't know. I, I didn't really think about that.
1: Something that's unique. I, I'll get back to that. I'll get back I'll to tell
3: that. You, I'll tell you what your unique thing is. Uh, your, your unique fact is that you can grow a full beard. Okay? I think that's a big that's deal indeed. for a lot of men. I, think, a, so. I think so. It's a powerful beard. I think so. It's a powerful thing. David can. I mean, like, that's nice, but mm-hmm. I feel yeah, like you're your beard. I
1: started growing a beard at 14. So. Me too. Me too. Wow. I love that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so I was like, uh-huh. oh, I don't know. So I was like, I have to get back to the unique thing. Um, okay. Relationship status: I would say I am single. Um, I think I love being in love. I guess. Mm-hmm. I think. I think I do. I think so. <laughs> so I'm open to it. I'm open to relationship. It just takes time. It just takes time. Um, as far as a uh, Sex in the City character, I have seen the movie. <laughs> So yeah, I have seen them and I have watched them. So I would say Carrie with the a, a little sprinkle of um I think Samantha. Is it Samantha?
3: Well, yeah, the one slinging it. Yeah, that's Samantha. <laughs> so we will,
1: yeah, yeah, so yeah, that would be the two as far as sex and food. Love it. Thanks. First of all, I
3: appreciate your homework and your due diligence. Mm-hmm. Hilaire. That's I mean, that's I'm trying
4: to finish for form. I try to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: that's good. Um,
4: uh, yeah.
3: So, no, go ahead, David.
4: No, no, you're good, please.
3: Okay, so let's just kick off the conversation and mm-hmm. um, let's, let's get it started and let's go with, you know, just the flow of, of a relationship. Um, when you're sort of deciding, you know, whether or, whether or not you want to date somebody or be in a relationship with somebody or marry somebody, how do you define those terms? How do you define dating? How do you define a monogamous relationships, specifically the boyfriend-girlfriend kind? And then how do you define
1: marriage? So not being married, I'm going to let the other two couples go first, uh, after me, right? So they can correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> 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 so not being married, so I would have to speak on it based on ideology, right? What I think it is or what I hope it would be first thing first is communication. Mm -hmm. Like communication, whatever level, whatever the, the extension you want to give yourselves, you have to be on the same page, right? We have to know like, okay, so what is dating? Okay, we're dating. Are we exclusive? Like that's important. Like are we exclusive? Yes or no. So, Maybe it's not a conversation that you just normally have, but if you start to feel that way, you have to bring it up. Mm-hmm. And it has to be talked about. So for me, it's like every level. You go from dating to when, they okay, um, how do you feel about marriage? Like you said, okay, we need to talk about it. I mean, are we on the same page? Like how you feel about it, your views, opinion, like mm-hmm. we're on the same page. Okay. Now what do we do? Are we going to move forward? or Are we going to try to figure things out? Mm-hmm. Like for me, communication is the number one thing if you want to know where you and your partner are moving to or at that present
4: where you at. Uh, and one thing I'll add to that is is something Jen and I talked about in the, the pre-guest pre- uh, segment of this, which was I talked about communication and what I said was you know, it's, it's the go-to thing for everyone, right? Communication is the key to most problems in this world, let alone romantic relationships. The thing right. with it is, like anything, we have to learn to communicate. And, and being in relationships, you know, you have to go through several relationships and several partners to really understand how you communicate. And then being with someone for an extended period of time, or a short period of time, you have to learn how to communicate with that person. And that's, that's difficult. You know, we're all individuals and we all have our own flaws, our own strengths, our own weaknesses. And so that kind of patience to try and understand someone will really aid that communication as far as I'm concerned. And Trisha, I don't know if you agree with that.
0: I'd like to add to that too. I think it's vital, not just to learn how to communicate, but also the tone that you use when you're communicating. Mm -hmm. Um, It took me a really long time to learn that, and there's a lot of reasons why it's hard for humans to communicate with other humans. Humans are the most difficult things to figure out, Mm -hmm. and we, a lot of the times, won't ask questions because we don't necessarily want the answer to it, but Mm -hmm. that's where communication comes to it. That's the most important part of it, Mm -hmm. and I've learned from my relationship with David that Um, communicating has to be adapted. You you get to adapt it through your relationship. You can't, you get to, you don't have to, you get to. I think it's the language that we use. That's really important because being in a relationship is a choice. You always have a choice. We're not bound to this person, whether it's by marriage or boyfriend, girlfriend or partner, it doesn't matter. You always have a choice to make and choosing to communicate and your tone of communication is so vital in any relationship, partner or business or anything that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So that's how I feel about communication. But I agree, I think it's a huge, um, it's the most integral part of a relationship because you're never gonna get into, into somebody's head. You'll never know truly what is in there and guessing is torture as I'm sure all of us have been there just trying to figure it out on our Mm -hmm. own. But Mm -hmm. having a partner is really um, just an added value in your life. It's not a source of pressure or or anything negative. It's really an added bonus. So communicating and learning what it is that you guys need from each other in the most difficult moments. How many times have you guys been in a situation where it's so awkward even if you know the person through and through, you can mm-hmm. penetrate that like level of awkwardness, just push through it and the mm-hmm. tone during that. I tend to get really defensive from
5: my no. childhood.
0: Yeah. Just <laughs> and it took me a really, it took us breaking up and me going to therapy and learning all these, different. being in a relationship, the type that I'm in now has I'm taking all these things that I learned from our relationship into my entire life. And I never knew how to communicate properly, making eye contact, Mm -hmm. learning how to um, not sound so bitchy, even though I'm not trying to be at all. Like my vulnerability doesn't always come across as vulnerable, it comes across as defensive and mean. And that's not what I'm intending it to be. So I feel misunderstood and then it just compounds. But if you have healthy communication you can really team build like that's yeah. the other thing for me is team building like feeling like you have a partner not someone that you have to defend yourself with or so
1: i i agree with everything you just said right um the only thing i would add to that is um i understand what you what you say when you mean like your tone and how it's presented and how it's received also. But at the same time, I always tell why well, I, I try or it's something for me that's hard where it's like, I don't want to lose myself mm-hmm. in the process,
5: mm-hmm.
1: right? Yeah. So I don't want to conform so much to try and communicate to you that you. I don't even know exactly what I'm saying afterwards, mm-hmm. right? I so have I have, a, I have a tip
0: on this. I have yeah. a really good tip that I actually just learned um, cause we were going through really difficult communicating my, my current partner and I, we couldn't see, we couldn't see the perspective. Right. And I didn't want to lose myself, especially after my relationship with David was very important. Like do not lose your independence. Do not lose your voice. Do not lose any part of yourself. And to me, it was the thing that really helps is going for a 20 minute walk because when you're riled up, you can't see their perspective. Your, your brain is automatically trying to rationalize and defend. But if you go for a walk, then you get back, you nurture yourself and you get back to your rational brain. And then you're able to come to it without losing yourself, so to speak. You're back to it. So you're able to like talk about it calmly.
1: That's definitely something I employ um, now where it's kind of yeah, like...
0: me too. Not before, but now.
1: <laughs> I implored that Like I was working on it. I was definitely working on it.
0: <laughs> and
1: I, I tried it on Jennifer and it worked. <laughs> so <laughs> so like, it definitely worked. So it is something I implore. And um, at times, it's kind of like you said, communication at times. It's like you have to understand or try to understand what that person is feeling at that right. moment. Mm, right. right? So yeah. it's like... When things are happening, you have to see it from their point of view.
5: Yeah.
1: And still be yourself and still right. say what you need to say, convey your feelings, but at the same time see it from their point of view. So it was like with Jennifer and I, and I was like, okay, I know she's hurting. I hear it. And she's just coming at me. But in other sense, I'm like, don't match it. Like mm-hmm. don't like uh-huh. don't attack her. Right? Like, it's kind of like, don't think of the worst thing to say to her at that moment. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it was like, as it was ending, it was like, okay, I get it that you're hurting. Mm -hmm. Because I can hear it. Like, I know what you're saying to me right now. But at the same time, I still have to be me in the moment, in Mm -hmm. the present. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's a work
4: in progress. It is. And... Yeah. And in support of that and in general communication, obviously one of the biggest aspects of communication is listening. And I know that's something I've had to work on a lot in, in in our relationship, Trish, and then afterwards, it's it's the ability to listen to other people as opposed to just hear them. And exactly what you're saying, Hilaire, is you, you're being yourself in the moment and you're kind of presenting yourself and what you want to put out in, in that situation. But um, something for me is I've just had to be more aware of listening. And that's not just romantic relationships, that's just relationships in general is really taking on board what someone is saying and, and, and breaking it down and, and reflecting on that. If I can do it in the moment, great. If it's after the fact, absolutely, that's also just as good because either way, you're still looking at it and thinking about it, yeah.
3: Yeah, I I completely agree with that. And, and you know, this brings me to when Hilaire and I were ending and I was, I was going at him, you know what I mean? Like, I was just one after the other. And I was actually really surprised that he did not meet me there or go below the belt. I was actually... Impressed as I was going at him, you know what I mean. But um, I think it's when it comes to, I, I think <laughs> I think also when it comes to communicating and tone, sometimes you know when I am, you know, really, you know, at my at my point of frustration, I think it's important for my partner to also know where that's coming from. As Hilaire said, he understood why I was speaking the way I was, so he didn't match me there. So I feel like in other situations. It's important to know your partner's traumas Mm -hmm. in order for you to be able to communicate with them effectively. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, you know, when you trigger someone, which is technically what I did to Hilaire by saying something, but it wasn't the intention, but it did trigger him. um, It made him react in a certain way because it reminded him of someone else or a previous, you know, relationship or an issue that person had. (laughs) So I think understanding your partner's Uh... traumas are really important their trigger points as well so that you can extend grace you know to them mm-hmm. so well i understand the tone part i also think like alair said it's like kind of difficult to still be yourself and get your point across if you're always thinking about well i just don't want this person to receive it in the wrong way but i hear what Trish is saying too is that adjustment is important you know what i mean uh because if you're planning on being with this person for a long time and for the rest of your life, you do have to adjust the way that you communicate because this is a unique person that you're in a relationship with.
4: Mm -hmm. That's adapting. And one of the things, one of the the common myths uh, from society is uh, people don't change, right? And and I don't necessarily agree with that, or at least I don't think that's the right word for it. Uh, People evolve. So though someone in a, a certain moment might not be the right person for you or in the right headspace or has an aspect about them that isn't right for you. And you would prefer them to change the aspect. The presumption that you can change it is incorrect. It's not about changing it, but maybe that person can evolve and they can grow and they can learn to understand. So instead of kind of pushing against the door and trying to to make someone change something about themselves, it that the better approach is to, um, look at ways to support that growth and evolution and understanding of the, maybe the negative flaw that you see within them, as opposed to just saying, it's like anything, it's like, Oh, you need to fix this, but without being given the tools, it's really difficult to do so because you just don't understand it. So uh, that's another part of the communication level, which is finding tools to, to help someone evolve in certain aspects where they're a bit more negative, as opposed to changing who they are. It's evolution.
1: So like you said, um, Listening, right? And being willing to receive.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So you have to be willing to receive that information to look at that person for who they are.
4: Yeah.
1: Right? Look like who they are. Like I said, like I was able to like understand where she's coming from, the hurt and everything like that. And everything she was saying, even if I don't agree with it I was like, okay, I know this is painful. If you flip it around, what's happening right now, the person is reacting based mm-hmm. on what's happening right now. Right. So it's like you have to be able to receive what is given to you about your partner, right? That's the whole point. If if you're going to call this person your partner, accept everything about them.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: And it, and no matter the moment, it's like, okay, this is who they are. This is who we accepted. And listen and welcome it. And mm-hmm. then from that point on, you can figure out, like, your next step. hmm
0: So, where do you guys think the breakdowns happen in relationships? Like, what when does the choice go from accepting your partner fully for who they are to not accepting them? Mm. Mm. You know, like, at what point does that switch, or is it a progressive switch? If it's a progressive long switch that happens, why isn't it communicated?
4: Mm -hmm. Mm. I'll answer uh, to start with, and I think one of the Biggest issues in relationships, this is a very common thing is, there's often big issues in relationships, you know, there's kind of those big red flags, which often aren't addressed. And, you know, you kind of put them to the back back of your mind. And unfortunately, a lot of these red flags, and maybe it's bad communication, as an example, from that big red flag, which you've pushed away, and you've ignored, all these other little things crop up. Mm-hmm. And you start getting irritable to each other. You start getting more stubborn with each other and more aggressive and more upset and angry. And, and so it's, it's trying to look at the bigger issues and really kind of breaking them down, even though they don't appear on the surface and they're not in the day to day. They're clearly causing other issues. So I think that's the ignoring of those things is, is something that does break down. Uh, relationships actually that's one of the biggest things i think i think
0: that's the biggest takeaway that i took from our relationship is not allowing things to compound for myself and also in 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 partnership not allowing it to compound and i do see that i intellectualize a lot of things now because i'm like oh wait is that is that one of those things that's creeping up but it's really important to take our experiences and move forward with them and not allow it to kind of foreshadow what you're currently experiencing. The, the red flags I think is the biggest one. And I think that comes with experience. I don't think we always recognize red flags and I don't mm-hmm. think we always sure. address them because you would rather, it's so much, it's not necessarily easier not addressing them, but it's so much easier just to, you know, you, you made it, it's the, um, it's the uh, sunk cost fallacy. <laughs> you know, where you've committed to something, you're like, I gotta see it through because mm-hmm. I have now put so much time and effort into it. And if I don't, then I'm a failure. So mm-hmm. it's, that, it's that, that ideology that you've got to keep doing something even though it doesn't feel good for either person.
1: Mm-hmm. So you see what you just said? Exactly that final moment. Mm-hmm. I personally think that's a gender thing, right? That is, mm-hmm. that is a gender thing mm-hmm. based on my experiences where it's like women put so much effort
5: mm.
1: into it to the point where it's like, when it starts to go bad, it's like, no, I don't want to want it to go bad. And then it becomes toxic,
5: mm-hmm.
1: right? So women invest into it exactly how you said it, where it's like, well, now it's like, what do I do since I put so much time into this? Mm. Right?
5: So
1: I don't think men do that. Like, we, mm. I, maybe I'm talking about myself or speaking for myself, I don't think we look at it that way. It's like, well, I can't lose this because I put so much into it.
4: I mean, so Yeah. You'd
0: rather be happy, like, do the better thing for both people.
4: So there's two things that I'll say to that. Uh, go on, you go, you go hello, Then I'll go, please. It's, 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 I would say it's an
1: investment thing, right? So women like to invest. So Mm -hmm. you
4: guys invest in your partner.
1: right now whether it be like let's go up and down up and down you look at that person Mm -hmm. you look at potential and you say this is gonna pay off so you're still waiting for that moment to pay off Mm -hmm. i don't think men or um, i guess me we don't think in that particular way where it's kind of like it's like oh you know what i'm just going for it right i'm gonna just go for it and if it works it works if it doesn't then it's kind of like well I'm moving on it's like a gamble for a guy mm-hmm. like i'm taking so that the gamble. Causes a
0: lot of damage along the way because
1: you're right you're 100 right
0: yeah because you're not communicating <laughs> that and it causes like yeah. i get i understand that because now i see it with a different lens having been through something similar i'm assuming to what you guys have been through um i think our egos women and men, I think this goes for everyone. Like our egos have a really hard time with rejection or not knowing why something is happening. Mm -hmm. And when we can't get a defined answer, we try to rationalize it to the point Mm -hmm. where we've come up with an entire storyline as to why this happened to us, almost like a victim mentality. But if you can pull yourself out of that through communication with your ex-partner, I feel like you gain so much insight Just for life knowledge, like David and I decided to stay friends after we, it took a little bit, but we decided to learn a new way to communicate with each other. And now we're really good friends, which I wouldn't have expected because at the point of breakup, my ego was like, oh, fuck no, like you didn't just leave me, we're married. You can't do that, you're not allowed. It took some time to detach myself from that storyline and see him for as a person, not a person that left me because there's no such thing. Like attachment is a huge, huge part of our culture where we get so attached. We almost have ownership over other people and that isn't healthy because things can change in an instant. I'm kind of rambling right now, but things can change in an instant and you don't know that attachment is what hurts. It's not the love that hurts, it's the actual attachment that's being taken away or ending that hurts. Mm -hmm. So women, I think, are very emotional in the sense that they invest and they put time and effort into someone. They make big moves, they make what they think are sacrifices, but in the end, there's no such thing as really good or bad. It's just what happened. And men, I feel like internalize it and think about it. And then they're, I've seen so many guys do this and I, it's so weird to me. They, they're like, they're already broken up with the person in their head. And then just mm-hmm. they just have to have the conversation but they're too scared to have the conversation. So that's when it's really toxic and scary for the woman which is when she acts out because she's like, ah, what's happening here? It's like, it's, it's a cycle, it's a toxic cycle. So maybe the conversation should be like, hey guys,
2: let's be honest like upfront. Yeah, so
4: th- now there's three things i'll say to that two Sorry. things to i said, <laughs> and one thing just said and i'll try to be brief um but uh, trish you just uh said about not knowing right and so when we when we separated it was i couldn't give you a definitive answer i just didn't feel that way anymore right it just we did it wasn't the same kind of love and yeah. it was really hard to articulate that and i could even in that moment, I could completely understand how it was so frustrating. And even at the time, I think you spoke to Jen at the time as well to try and get a bit more clarity and understanding. Um, And and that was frustrating for me. And then obviously it it took me months really to kind of fully understand why. And we obviously talked about that later on. So... That that that
0: was the ego thing there. Of course. I I still don't really have an answer, but guess what? I don't need one anymore. Mm. Like it's the detachment Mm. from my ego needed to know why, why, why? Because it Mm. needed to understand. It needed to understand something because when you don't know something, your brain is trying to figure out the solution to it.
4: so That's good. It it leads into the second thing I was going to say, which is. Um, Societies, the structural society around relationships and the opinions, whether it's your friends or whether it's just history in general, people are supposed, to, men and women are supposed to get together, get married and have babies, mm-hmm. and that's still very recent. It's still only, it's kind of that transition of of it being okay for people to be on their own or not get married or get divorced and get married again or just get new partners every few months. That's okay now. It's more more acceptable, but there's still that kind of, it's still innate in us. Uh, and and that's partly pride and partly ego as well. So, um, and the third thing to kind of follow on from that is when Jen and I talked in our pre prior to you guys, um, Jen, Jen sees her previous relationships ultimately as failures because they didn't succeed, right? They didn't get to the end goal. Whereas I look at it yeah. and, and to support what you said, Hilaire, about the difference between men and women, I look at all my previous relationships as successes. And those some did not, see, absolutely, like those some did not end as well as they could do. Like I, I came out of that better. I know I'm not in those relationships now and it was the right choice. And I'm I'm better, I am agree
0: with that. I agree with that. I don't look at them as failures. I look at them as stepping stones into because ultimately you die by yourself. You don't die with. You die alone. Not alone physically, maybe, but just it, it's you who you're with at the end.
4: Well, unless you're Romeo and Juliet, you do die alone physically as well. Just to clarify. <laughs>
0: Oh, right. <laughs> but I do agree that the relations, like their experiences, relationships are merely experiences that add value to our life. Mm-hmm. Even if it's bad, taking away the definition of good and bad, I think is really important because we can assume or feel like something is a failure or bad, bad, bad. But what if it's just something that takes you down a different path? Mm-hmm. And I,
1: so I agree with that. Yes. And no. His why, right? Mm -hmm. So I am the type of person that learns from the past relationships, right? Like you said, you take it and you build from that. But some relationships, and so to be specific, like Jen and I, I look at it, not a failure, but kind of like it could have been better, right? So it's not that we didn't work out because we didn't work out. It's it, We didn't work out because we got to a point where we didn't understand each other,
5: mm-hmm.
1: right? So we got to a point where it's kind of like, okay, her message to me wasn't received and my message to her wasn't received. So it's kind of like, it leaves you in that moment where it's like, well, I learned from it. I learned to communicate more. I learned to trust myself, whatever this and that. But it's one of those relationships where it's like, okay, if I could do it differently, would you do it differently, mm-hmm. right? Then you had the past where, and your past relationship was like, nope, I'm done. Like, I do not want to try it again. I learned that whatever. <laughs> and it's in that. So that's a success. But that, those relationships, when you might have a few, unless you're married, and even if you were, where it's kind of like, okay, this didn't work out, not because we didn't work out. Mm-hmm. It's just simply that we didn't have time, right? And like the time... The timing or the moment it didn't develop into what it could have been. so in that situation I look at it as like you know I want to retest I want to take a test again like like that moment yeah mm-hmm. but like you said you learn from it and you have to move on like you yeah. just have to move on. yeah
0: I think a relationship can really only 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 work if both people have the same goal and have right. the willingness, willingness right. to achieve that goal. It can change a hundred times over the years. You have to have the same, you get to have the same goal and you get to work towards it together. The moment one person loses the willingness to reach that goal, the relationship has already sort of ended. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the ball has
1: started rolling. What if you start off with the same goal and it's, then you just start to right.
0: And it changes, that's yeah. where it's not a failure. It's just a change in your goals that might happen. David and I never wanted to have kids. Now I want to have kids. So our goals changed. Our goals changed in different directions and life is kind of unraveling to make those, like it's not, your goals are gonna change based on your, your, your environment, on your beliefs, on your values, on things happening in the world. Things are constantly changing. I think you can start off with the same goal, but you have to continue to check in with each other. That's part of the communication. And if you're not, so let checking me jump
3: in. in. Yeah, so let me jump in here. Um, I do look at all my relationships as failures because, as I That's said not before, what I that is
1: not what I got. <laughs> <laughs> like, the no, I they're, they're
3: that, failures.
1: I'm, i look, so I didn't whoa, want to. Wait, jump wait, in.
3: can I can whoa, I just whoa, explain whoa, 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 first?
1: Without right, um, with, without cutting you off, I'm gonna give you a moment, but I did not get that from you at all because I remember you said to me, you've been in love with everybody you was with.
5: Mm, and was. that
1: was something I had to think about. I was like, wow, really? I, like, I had to think about that. So I didn't get that your past was a failure.
3: So I don't think a failure is a bad thing. I really don't. Failure is just failure. So when you guys speak about goals, my goal going into a monogamous relationship is we're going to be together and we're going to get married. Like, otherwise I'm not in a monogamous, what am I in a monogamous relationship? Yeah, what's the so idea? that's what the goal is. So do you see what I mean? So then yes, I learned from them, but they're still failures. I mean, I failed several times in other aspects of my life. It's not a bad thing, it's just what happens. And for me, the highest type of relationship when it comes to person to person, is marriage right and under marriage is boyfriend girlfriend that's the highest type to me Mm -hmm. always has been since i was a little girl so for me you know being on this you know journey and enjoying the journey of finding out you know who my beloved husband is going to be it's been great but through the ride there have been failures and there's there's nothing wrong with me viewing that you know what I mean in that way for my life. So with me and Hilaire's relationship, it was it was beautiful. I learned a lot. Um but when I was with him the goal was hopefully okay we take this to another step one day and and we get married. But because it, it did not happen to me that is a failure. But that's not a negative thing. It just is what it is.
1: But what why is it a failure? Is it a failure on when... Like, so do you look at it as like you didn't do something right or I didn't no, do something right? So no. When you say failure is kind of like, okay, did you fail? Like, did you fail at your goal?
3: I think, specifically with us, I think I did fail to be, and I said this actually before this segment, is that I feel like I did not tap into an emotional well that you needed and that we both needed for our relationship because the way that it ended i felt like i failed to understand where you were coming from and i was just on the attack and i was like this is it this is over like i felt more like you were i felt like you were attacking me instead of um instead of us attacking the issue right the problem so since since us It's been more about attacking the issue instead of like both people. So I think, yeah, for several reasons, my relationships haven't worked out because I've been deficient in one way or another or the other person has been deficient and it hasn't allowed us two to be together. I mean, if you go into an agreement, whether it's a romantic relationship or whatever it is, you're agreeing to honor that contract, honor that whatever. And so for me, a relationship even before marriage is, is is a hopeful contract, right? Um, and so when it when it doesn't end up the way that I thought it would, then yeah, it's a failure. But yeah, it's not a bad thing. It just it just is what it is.
4: Um, what one thing you did say there, which I thought was quite astute, which was attacking the issue as opposed to attacking each other, which is quite quite common. And you know, in in mm-hmm. debates and arguments, unfortunately, when it devolves. It does become more on a personal attacking level, um, and I know Trish and I many times that obviously happened, um, unfortunately, and and that's and we stopped attacking the problem, and that is a is a really astute point to to take away from this for sure, at least for me, um, so to think about. Um, but to, just to clarify, relationship status is uh, there is one higher than marriage as well, by the way. So you go dating, exclusive dating boyfriend girlfriend marriage and then there's getting joint tattoos right that's like the next <laughs> level. <It's> like <laughs> when it's really tattoos. serious yeah that's when you know ah. you know you're enough <laughs> yeah but somebody would do that completely backwards I'm, I'm, g- I'm kidding i'm do. kidding yeah of course
1: <laughs> like, <They do. laughs>
4: yeah they, they, those normally they normally peak too soon i think is the is the term for that um for sure. okay so so what are what about some red flags and and maybe yellow flags for you guys what well, at least let's talk about it now with like your current status. What are the big red flags? Hello, why don't we start with you, um, for you?
1: So red flags, um, I've been on a journey for the last five years, right? Five, yeah, five years, mm-hmm. where it's kind of like learning about myself, learning about partners from my past, um, relationships. And it's funny, some of the red flags, are actually the things that attracts me to the Ooh, person. That was deep. So that's mm-hmm. the, thing. the red flags for me. So, and I say that because kind of like, like I said earlier, I love the idea of being in love,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? I love the idea of being in love. So, when you meet somebody and they are speaking "quote unquote" your language, right? You you hear what they're saying and you hope what they're saying is true. Based on my experience, for me, it's kind of like I hear you, but now I need, to, I need to see what you're saying if it's true, right? So as time goes on, like what you're saying is what got my attention. It's what I'm listening to. It's what I'm hoping for.
5: Mm-hmm. And
1: as time goes on, I am looking for you to prove that, right? So mm-hmm. the more I, t- I think long term, the more I'm like, okay, you said this is how you were going to be in a relationship. I'm looking at us. How we would be in a relationship? So now, prove it. Mm-hmm. Now, when you don't prove it, that same thing that attracted me to you is the same thing. Where it's kind of like, oh, right, right, like, yeah, that same thing. Like it's now reversed. Where it's kind of like, I hate to say, what I'm holding it against you. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's mm-hmm. what happened with me and Jen. Where I'm like, I'm holding it against her. Like the same thing that your love, your passion to just be open to receive. And now I'm like, whoa, what you're spewing at me right now, all this venom, isn't that what you said was supposed to happen? And I held it against that. Like,
4: so it's expectations, really. So you had expectations and, mm-hmm. and they weren't met, essentially, as you got into it, yeah.
1: Expectation because it was presented to me that way.
4: Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. right. It
1: was, it was presented to me that this is how it would be. This is how mm-hmm. we're going to be. So it's kind of like you said, the red flag, the same thing that attracted me to you is the same thing that I'm like, oh, I'm holding it against you, to
4: be honest, like I'm holding it. Mm-hmm. So, Trisha, I wonder if you're gonna have the same feeling about me maybe, I don't know. No,
0: huh? I'm detached completely from any expectations of, of um, figuring out what went wrong. <laughs> I think I know that we're two fundamentally different people. Mm-hmm. And now when I look back on it, it all mm-hmm. makes complete sense. I wouldn't change a single thing mm-hmm. about the experience from the beginning to like, it was very, um, uh, whimsical in the mm-hmm. beginning. It was over the top, everything was just so grand and it was, mm-hmm. it was almost like a dopamine rush. And mm-hmm. I've learned that through a lot of studying and reading that mm-hmm we tend to go into these dopamine rush situations of falling in love and our hormones are going wild and stepping away from my red flag i would say is the authenticity to communicate with someone and feel it's the opposite of a red flag i need to feel comfortable to be completely myself self Mm -hmm. which takes a long time to figure out Around another person. And if someone has a big ego or can't listen or understand me. Sorry, day day. No, it's fine. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, <laughs> we're friends now. So I can say this kind of stuff um, Then it's really difficult for me to feel understood and loved. Mm-hmm. So the for the overshadow of this big ego tends to make me lose myself in a relationship. And that's nobody's fault. It's just what happens. So I now having gone through the experiences that I've been through, have learned how to recognize when someone is in it for themselves a bit more, or doesn't necessarily know what they want. Someone that doesn't know what they want, I have a hard time aligning with. Mm -hmm. It doesn't attract me. Um, it attracts me when someone's stable and has a passion for life and um, is, has the, the love for life, I should say, and loves themselves. And then I'm attracted to wow. them. So it, it, I kind of step that initial attraction. I can recognize as like the chemicals, like going crazy. And I did a lot of dating after David and I broke up. And I went through a lot of really crazy, funny wild experiences (laughs) and i learned a lot from them like telling someone that you're not interested in person is Mm -hmm. such a hard thing to do Mm -hmm. but it's important so i'm kind of i go on these tangents it's really crazy i'm sure that's one of the things you really 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 loved about me though
4: Uh, Moving on, Jen. (laughs) Just kidding. kidding. Uh, Jen, what about you? What are some red flags for you?
3: Red flags. So my red flags have evolved over the years. So where I am currently is a red flag is if a person does not love himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then when he shows me love, then I feel like it's very performative. Um, Another red flag, particularly for me, is somebody who... um, this is gonna sound very controversial, but it's like a requirement going forward. Someone who's not in therapy. I think I uh, the men, this, sir. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a non-negotiable.
0: Not
3: in th- it is a non-negotiable yeah. now. Um, so what if
1: what if you think they need to be in therapy?
3: I feel like men um of my age, because I date right. Well, actually I date younger now. So like men who are like twenty eight to like 38, okay? They all need to be in therapy. Every single one of them. Every They're single one of them. Because <laughs> I feel like um,
1: the traumas that men have experienced
3: a it's a what?
1: But that's your dating pool. Like you, that's your what I mean, yes. Your dating that's pool needs dating. to be in therapy.
3: My dating pool now has to be in therapy. <laughs> he has to be in therapy. If he's not, that's a red flag. Um,
1: but that's a red flag, though. <laughs> like that's
3: a red flag for me. It is because I, I, I mean I would still I, mean, if, I would still like yeah what if, a- like, okay the non
0: negotiable for me isn't they have to be in therapy but they have to go to therapy with me that's my non negotiable
3: oh so interesting it's not
0: necessarily like you need to be in your own individual therapy my non negotiable and I stuck to this is we go to therapy together to get the tools that we need to learn how to communicate with each other. Um, in order to add the most optimize the relationship and everyone that I dated, like even last year on my, before I was in a committed relationship was kind of on board with that. Most people, they were like, Oh, well, yeah, that would be great because why go to therapy when it breaks down, go to therapy prior. It doesn't have to be weekly. It can be quarterly and then tools yeah. to talk about, figure each other out in the in a in
5: a
1: unbiased way. But Jennifer I love says, that.
0: But I think but Jenny's saying, saying like
1: therapy, therapy, right? So oh yeah. They saying, need to go
3: individually. Okay.
0: But
1: Jennifer, you're saying um they should you, the red flag is they should not be in therapy, right?
3: No, no, no. The red flag is like like what am I saying? I'm saying that if a man that I'm interested in is not in therapy, then that is a red flag. What I'm saying is I require, I require oh, my thank man you. to be in therapy, individual therapy. Okay. <laughs> that's important. Um, so, so, but let me ask you, let me listen. ask you, Jen,
4: Jen, Let's, let me ask yeah. you. So yeah. uh, for me, I do go to therapies, you know, I go once, I have once a month therapy now, mm. um, which is, which is great. I enjoy that. And, and what I get out of that most is really Uh, just collecting everything I'm doing, which is a lot. I have a lot on my plate and just really just talking to someone about it. And what that does for me is kind of organize in my head what I'm doing. Personally, I don't think I need that therapy. I have other ways I do it myself um, that I kind of self-therapize myself, whether it's self-reflection or learning or reading or edibles or whatever it might be or going Uh, for a walk and processing stuff. Yeah, Trish, you'll you'll get your second, Trish. Don't worry. Um, But uh, But... Yes. And, and this is this is now Trish, by the way. This isn't you know two years ago or yes, whatever. I know anyway, we're not in therapy. Um, we're together. No, of course not. No, this is like the last last six months I've I started therapy. Um, but I would say it's at least now it's not something I need to do. I don't I don't feel I get a huge amount out of doing it now. But I I do find a benefit from it. Um, so anyway, that's that's. Well, what,
1: you into, what made you go into it?
4: So honestly, the, I'd always been interested in trying it because I, I wanted to see if it would benefit me and, and, I, and, I, and I was very open to the idea that it would benefit me um, because why not be able to talk to someone objectively about my opinions, mm-hmm. what I'm doing in my life, my decisions, my choices. Um, and also to, to coincide with that, my, my work, part of the, uh, the health benefits, I got eight free therapy sessions why not use them, right? So I did those eight for free. Yeah. And then after that, I dropped down to once a month, which I, by the way, I pay like $15 for. So if, if, if I was paying 80 bucks, 100 bucks a session, I probably wouldn't be doing it now in all honesty. Right.
1: So, yeah. so based yeah. off of that, based mm-hmm. off of that, right? If we're talking about partners, mm-hmm. if your partner can't afford therapy mm-hmm. or they think they can't afford therapy, do you hold that against them?
3: Not. I'm, not not. I'm, not not. I'm not dating. I'm not dating. I'm not dating. There are too many. There are too many men out here. There are too many men out here that are in therapy.
4: So no. he's gonna have to. God bless
3: him. This is I, can, I can't do that.
4: The pool's big enough, alright, Hilaire? I can't do
3: that. Yeah, it is.
4: Okay, okay. all right. So let's let's move <laughs> on to uh, to uh, present challenges and solutions to common romantic hurdles. And yes. uh, we've talked a lot about communication, so I think we can probably leave that one because that's one of the bigger one um and we've also talked about ignoring kind of big problems for me i would say one of the biggest issues is pride and ego as trish you touched on a bit but the, pr- the individual pride and ego can be often conflicting between two people um yeah whether it's in an argument or your daily lives um any you guys what are your present challenges and, and solutions that you try and kind of get over those hurdles
1: um i mean.
0: I've got a few. I'm in, you know, I, I live, we, we moved in together really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um I wouldn't challenges are learning how to cohabitate with someone um, because it's an ever-changing thing. We have habits that are ingrained in us. So just learning how to navigate. Our solo time and our together time, while still having fun doing it, and we have. It, I wouldn't say it's a challenge because we we've, we've kind of rocked it. Um, just keep keeping the 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 um, the playfulness alive when moving in with someone is so important.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it's
0: so easy just to turn into routines, and you know, you go to sleep, and you're reading, and you wake up, and then you go make. You know, you go to work and just the monotony of it can, mm-hmm. can drain a relationship, but just being very aware and maintaining the playfulness, mm-hmm. I would like say, and, and, and like coming up with new things to do, which is hard during a pandemic, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, there's, yeah. but there are a lot of fun things that you can do and just keeping that
2: mm-hmm.
4: Keeping it fresh,
0: Partners, keeping it fresh, yeah. But also just like learning with that person while you're living together with, you know, uh, a lot of things happening in the world that are very unstable.
4: Well, the world seems such a great place right now, especially yeah. in this country. I mean,
0: well, you know, <laughs> yeah, especially here. <laughs>
4: uh, Hello, what about you?
1: Um, challenges. I, think it would ha- I would have to say uh, Time Right Like um, <clears throat> I'm the type of person where I don't rush When it comes to personal relationships mm-hmm. Right So it doesn't have to be romantic But personal relationship where um, If I'm trusting you And I'm bringing you into my little circle I like for it to kind of develop On its own Right. So time is a challenge where it's like certain people that I've been meeting, like they're ready based off of like, this is what they want. I'm like, I might want the same thing that you do. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I'm a little bit patient about, about having it. Right. So that's been like a challenge type kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But personally, my challenge for myself is knowing when I'm ready right so person is kind of like okay you might find somebody and it's like okay um are you ready for this like is this what you really want to do so that's been a challenge Mm -hmm. do you feel like
0: when you answer that question it has to be like an all-in thing or can it progress over time like when you say am i ready because i have that same thing i like I'm so careful now because I don't want to put myself in a situation where I get married again and then it doesn't work again. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) But I I do the same thing. I'm like, is this, is it? Am I doing it right? Am I I ready? Like, is, Mm -hmm. but does it have to be, the question I'm asking is, does it have to be like a yes or no, or can it just simply just be what it is and Mm -hmm. evolve?
4: Well, we know, for, we know for Jen, it's all or nothing. So. I know, I know.
0: But not a, like, when you're in it, it's different. I think when you're in it and you, we talk a lot about, like, this is a non-negotiable, like, this is how it has to be. But when you're in uh, a human-to-human interaction with someone, things are are bendable. and Not bendable, the non-negotiables are pretty non-bendable. But there are things that come up where you don't necessarily think, like, is this is this it? Is it? It's like it i mean, that's just me at least. Like I kind of
1: yeah. am more the like that is definitely part of the challenge where like yeah. like you said, like we're similar in where it's kinda like, oh, you know what? Let's let it happen mm-hmm. and just let it develop and then I feel it, I feel it. My challenge that I've been coming across people who for some reason is like they want it now, it's definite at that moment. And I'm not like, well, I don't feel it. You know, Mm -hmm. like if I don't feel it, I just don't feel it. Like it might make sense where I'll say to you, yes, it makes sense what we're doing right now to move forward. Mm -hmm. But until I feel it, I can't express it. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's the challenge for me where it's kind of like, it's like telling somebody, not even telling, let's say the more you spend time with somebody, in my opinion, that is an expression of showing that, you know what? I like you, or I want to get to know you more. I like being around you, Mm -hmm. right? So my action is to be around you, spend time with you, um, have experiences, go through different things with you. But then it's kind of like, if you don't verbalize it, Mm -hmm. people have a problem with that, right? People is like, well, you didn't tell me you want to be with me. You didn't tell me you love me. In my mind, I'm like, but I'm showing, showing you. it, which is like, right. I'm showing you, I'm waiting mm-hmm. for it to develop to where I can be like, I feel it. Mm-hmm. So, but it's like, well, you're taking too long. <laughs> and just
0: like, it's right. more about the way that it's expressed versus the way that it's felt like the other person's receiving it, but their love languages are so different that that doesn't feel like what it's supposed to feel like, which then is like the, the breakdown of it because oftentimes i know for me i've been a little bit selfish in my past sorry david i have been i didn't take the time to learn what david's love language was and understand what makes him feel or any partner what makes them feel like they're doing things right like they're in the right like instead of always having to defend themselves like i wasn't willing, I was not willing to learn what it took to make that person feel like they were in the right direction, that things were in the right direction, like developing properly versus like making them feel like this was a shit show.
4: What about you, Jen?
3: What was the question?
4: It's about uh, present challenges and solutions to those challenges and ways you deal with them.
3: I mean, I touched on it earlier. I mean, you know, in my current relationship, um, you know, when my boyfriend and I have um, arguments, you know, I can get to the point where I start attacking, you know what I mean? And I'm like, wait a minute, like, I don't need to attack this person. It's about attacking the issue. So I feel like, you know, just being on the same page regarding when you will have disagreements disagreement because that's going to happen in Mm relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think keeping that front of mind, you know, attacking the the issue instead of the mm-hmm. person is really mm-hmm. important in order to overcome challenges. Mm-hmm. And then just staying on the same page, you know, as Halear talked about, he's the type of person that is more of a shower. I remember that. I totally remember that. And, um, I'll never forget. He would, I, you know, when we were together, I had just moved into my place or so I was like new to my place or whatever and I always had furniture come to the house and it needed to like be assembled and he was really big about stuff like that you know what I mean I loved him doing that but it was a sign for him um you know that he is the man in my life you know what I mean that's gonna take care of, of that and those things and so I feel like though you know if you're the type of person who's showing that, hey, I'm, I'm the man in your life, it's also important for you to let the other person know that, you know, like out of mm-hmm. your mouth, because yeah, you can show that. But again, if you're with this person or trying to communicate to this person that you're the man in their life, then you also need to tell them or at least ask them, how do you want me to let you know mm-hmm. that I am the man in your life? Because people, as Trish said, everybody doesn't have the same language you know and bringing up the whole well aren't we exclusive it can be a little a little scary you know
4: for sure yeah um okay and then what about keeping relationships healthy you know what, what are what are things you think about in that way why don't we start with you jen on that one i'm curious
3: um again this thing about my current relationship how do we keep it healthy we are very thoughtful with each other um taking care of each other at moments that we are just not expecting. I remember one time I was laying in his room and I was watching TV and he was doing something else in the living room. He needed to like work on something. And then he came in the room and brought me like a bag of popcorn, you know, so that I could watch my little movie. I didn't ask him for it. I just thought it was like, it was just like one of the most romantic things. I don't know. I just like, oh my God, that's so thoughtful. So um, that to me Um, like as a way to keep a relationship healthy just thinking of the other person Mm -hmm. again that's 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 the kind of love that I need even in little situations like that are you being thoughtful Mm -hmm. so that's one for me yeah okay
4: Trisha hello
0: what about y'all very similar to what you just said I think it's the thoughtfulness that keeps the relationship very healthy Every morning, uh, John gets up a lot earlier than I do for work and I come out to the kitchen and there's always, without fail, there's always either a tea bag with the kettle filled waiting for me or a Keurig cup, refillable cup with coffee so I have choices every day. Wow. It's like that since the very – like it's just so sweet and so – it surprises me still every single day just because it's it's warming. Like I think we – we do a really good job with making sure that we support each other in this weird time. We started dating during a pandemic, both lost our jobs during the pandemic and really learning how to support each other. It's just yeah. been a really nice, thoughtful, caring, warm relationship. Can't ask.
4: Love it. Yeah. Love it. Uh, and
1: So to keep it healthy, I would say um, you have to go back and remember before you got into a relationship, before it was committed, right? Because if we look back at every relationship that we've been in, before you make it um, exclusive, we were having fun. Like, things were good. Like, huh. you, like, you were enjoying each other. Mm-hmm. So, uh, at times, the moment you change that title, I feel like we become different people. Right? It, becomes right. a, it becomes
4: an obligation and a responsibility at that point.
1: Exactly. Like, so I always say to remember that times when we liked each other. <laughs> we were just having fun just to be around each other. Like, do the same things that we used to do. Right? Like, the mm-hmm. title should be... A title it increases responsibility, but at the same time, I'm with you because I like you. Mm-hmm. Like I mm-hmm. like you, so I would say like don't forget what got you to this point. No, like, to keep it healthy.
4: Yeah, I like it. That's a good one. Um, for me, there's there's probably two things that uh, I've you know especially the last couple of years I've come to realize. One is maintaining independence and and ensuring that you have your own lives as well as your lives together. Um, you know we're all independent prior to that and to to get into a relationship is a big shift for anyone. And even if you're someone who's codependent, you still need your individuality and your independence. And I think that's, that's for me, uh, that's whenever I look at anything right now, I'm like, I, I present that very upfront is that I need my own space and I, and I need to maintain that independence. And the, the kind of caveat to that and, and linked to that is just self-awareness as well. It's really breaking down what you need in a relationship and what you need in a romantic relationship in particular, um, for yourself as an individual, and you need to be aware of that before you can really commit to a healthy romantic relationship. Because if you don't know yourself, how's the other person going to know? How are they going to understand how to to be with you and to be healthy with you? Um, for me, all right. Um, so then, let's go in one of the last things, which is pros and cons of long term relationships. So, uh, let's, let's I want to make this. Yeah, I want to make
3: this a little more specific because oh, the fact that you guys are, you know, ex-wife, ex-husband. I mean, that's such a unique perspective. And to have y'all yeah. both on this podcast is so pros and cons of of a of, of marriage, right, or of being divorced. I and mean, then mm-hmm. me and Hilaire can talk about just the boyfriend girlfriend aspect.
4: Mm-hmm. Please, um, Trish, when you go. Pros, pros and cons
0: of being married. Um, well, the pro when Dave, I mean, this will take a little bit of backstory because we didn't just get married for no reason. We got married because we really, really loved each other. And we felt like it was, there was no doubt in either of our minds. Mm -hmm. So we get married and I would say the pros of that are you feel like you have a partner like a marriage is essentially i mean you're literally just signing a piece of paper but it's so much more significant than mm-hmm. that and in that moment it felt like we were completely united like mm-hmm. i don't know how to explain it other than that like it didn't mm-hmm. feel like um uh, we were just joint and everything and that's a really good feeling as long as you maintain your independence which i would say is the con is that it's very easy to lose your independence in a Mm -hmm. relationship that is is considered to be so the the highest you know that's the highest level and it's really easy to lose yourself in a relationship like that and and i think that was the downfall of our relationship not Mm -hmm. to blame myself for the downfall of yeah. relationship, but I completely lost my independence in it. And I see that now. Um, so another pro would be to understand that the love that you have for each other doesn't necessarily go away when one person ends it.
5: Mm-hmm. For, for us, sure.
0: it didn't go away. Mm-hmm. We both love each other very much. And mm-hmm. I understood a little further down the line that Yes, we're not in a romantic relationship anymore, but we get to still like the love is still there. It's just a different container now, mm-hmm. completely different. So a pro for divorce or or splitting up is to to recognize that the love doesn't just disappear into thin air when one person decides to leave, or end, or what per, per change their situation. It just changes shape. It changes form. It can be whatever you want it to be. It can be non-communicative, it can be communicative. So I'm really proud of the way that we handled our divorce. It was Mm -hmm. very difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, I had, uh, David left the divorce part up to me as far as deciding when it was time to do it. And there was many, many months where I was unsure of it and thought maybe that there would be a possibility of reconciliation. And then I woke up one day and I was like, no, I'm not gonna wait any longer. And we both did that together. When I called him, I knew I had a partner in that moment because when I Mm -hmm. called him, we were in it together still. Mm -hmm. So yes, it might not have ended until death do us part, but it ended in a way that allowed both of us to take something really significant from it.
4: I think that's just to touch on that quickly before I go into it. you know, often relationships don't see you know till death do us part, as Trish put it, um, and that's not an uncommon thing, especially these days. Uh, but one of the issues I think, and I and I've known many people who have done this, is people stay in relationships because they they're, they they. Are expected to stay in relationships and unfortunately what happens in those situations or some of them is that, that people grow resentful and they that love does break down and that respect breaks down and that patience breaks down um and i think with when trish and i separated it was the the, the, was the hardest choice i ever had to make in my entire life because i do i still love this trish dearly as a, you know she's family to me um, but it was very difficult but i also was resolute in that it was absolutely the right thing to do because I knew that in the long run, we were both going to be happier and better off for it. And if we had stayed in it, I, I, you know, for me, I didn't see that we would, it would build resentment and it would become a toxic environment much more so, um, you know, and, and the way we did it, the timing, as Trish said, it was difficult going through it. Um, but I feel like both of us, for the, for the most part, were very respectful, We're very patient, and um, we just tried to understand each other's perspective and, and just be there and support each other, even though we weren't in that romantic side of things anymore. And I think that... And, and Trish mentioned earlier on in the, the podcast, actually, about us deciding to be friends. It's, it's funny you said that because there was one point, you know, several months after that you said to me, um, look, I mean, how do we become friends from this? And my response to you, I think, at the time was... Um. There's no right way to do it. It's It will happen organically. We just need to leave it and things will just grow as they grow and, and evolve as they evolve. And it did. And it really worked well for us to not put pressure on that being friends and, and kind of that kind of conscious uncoupling was let it happen as it happens and our emotions and our feelings will kind of find their way um, to that healthy uh, breakup, which anyway, it did. Um, One more but,
0: thing that I need to say, before please I forget it because I think it's important that people understand that it wasn't, an easy process getting divorced no. and it, 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 there's there was anger that was involved in this it wasn't I may not feel that way now but there was definitely points in it where I remember specifically one part of the, the breakdown where I didn't feel like I had a partner I do now but I, I didn't at the point and it was when you had ended the relationship it was somewhat of a blindsiding just so everyone knows like it it did come out of we had we didn't attack the issues so the issues weren't on the table Mm -hmm. so when the relationship ended and this is really important for people to know that we need to be very aware of where we are in ourselves and in our relationships as it's happening don't let it just slip away because Mm -hmm. you get blindsided and on a Tuesday afternoon and your husband sits you down and tells you that he doesn't want to be with you anymore and that was a choice that David made on his Mm -hmm. own he Mm -hmm. didn't include his wife in that decision making process Mm -hmm. so I felt in that moment that I had no way of Resolution. There was no resolution because you had already made up your mind months prior and didn't include me in that in that Thought process, which I understand now, but at the time it was very difficult to swallow that because we were supposed to be partners and regardless of the issues that had arisen we weren't able to do that or you weren't you weighed all your options and that option of separation was the one that outweighed all other options. Mm-hmm. So there was points that's a con in feeling like marriage can just, and I'm sure so many people in the world feel this way, can just end abruptly. Mm-hmm. And you do feel like you've lost your best friend. Mm-hmm. I understand it now. And I, I'm so grateful that we are friends, That better friends now than I think we were mm-hmm romantically Mm -hmm. but at that time it is a divorce is very difficult it's Mm -hmm. even if it's the right thing it it has um given me a lot but it also has made me second guess a lot of my decisions and Mm -hmm. how I show up in relationships and how I was with you and what did I do wrong and I think it's really important to recognize that it's it can it can evolve into something great but it's still horrible ending mm-hmm. any relationship divorce is just another mm-hmm. thing but ending any relationship is hard
4: mm-hmm. you're
0: deciding to leave that person your person mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. not easy so
4: no it certainly wasn't easy just to clarify it was a very difficult period of time yeah. a very difficult decision and um but look we we did manage to navigate it in the long run uh, successfully, I think, and, and we are very, very close now, which is amazing. Um, but just my pros and cons, uh, I think the one of the biggest pros I would have is just you have a confidant. You have someone on your side, in theory, right? You have someone who's always going to have your back, which is, which is amazing. That's a wonderful pro of a, a serious relationship. Uh, con for me, as I've already discussed, is that less independence, which for me is very, very important, and uh, at least looking ahead and moving forward it's something I'm very, very conscious of. And and as I would look for someone or hope that someone at some point comes along or not really, but you know, if they do, I hope that they're also very independent and that, you know, that we can really have our separate lives as well as that life, that life together. Um, So anyway, and now Jen and Hilaire, let's hear about you two. Go ahead, Jen. Let's hear it.
1: Um, The
3: pros of, of being in a relationship is just the ability, I I really like evolving as a person. So I feel like romantic relationships help me become uh, more selfless and become more of a servant. Uh So actually going back to the healthy part and how to keep a relationship healthy, I think what I'm practicing now more than ever is just focusing on how I can serve my other partner. And my partner thinks the same way. If we're both waking up being like, how can I serve this person today? Then we are fine. Um, and that includes independence. That includes having solo time. But um, I think that's the pro for me. Learning how to be selfless, learning how to serve, and to basically become more godly. Because that's why I think this kind of relationship is, is the highest when it comes to person to person. The con is just you know the fear of being hurt the fear of it ending like that's that's the biggest con um and even though you know that's happened in most of my relationships you know it ending i'm hurt the other person's hurt i mean i i just will never ever give up on romantic relationships ever so what about you hilaire
1: okay so um the pros and cons of relationship so let me start with the con i don't think there's a con to relationships right like so based on the question i can be very literal at times you saying what is the con of a relationship there is none because if the relationship is real if it's successful if everything is working that's what you want there's no con to that
2: mm-hmm.
1: right like so for me that's how i look at it Right. When we say relationships, it means the positive. I, I don't look at the negative part of it. If somebody wants to say, well, there's both negative and positive. But once you say relationship, that means we're in it. Mm-hmm. We're in a relationship. Like, mm-hmm. this is it. Right. So everything that happens now, is kind of like, OK, that's that's the there's no there's no con. Now, pro. Um, I'll say the pro to being in a relationship is. I think we're built like as human or whatever you want to call us, like we built to have a partner, mm-hmm. that right? that too. but yeah. at the same time, like David stress his independence. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so he stresses independence and I get it. And I'm the same way where it's kind of like, I don't want to lose myself. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but I think the difference between me and David is like, the route that we take mm-hmm. in the relationship, where it's kind of oh, like, gosh. I feel my partner should show me who I am, right? Like, I am, a, mm-hmm. I should be a reflection of the person that I'm looking at. So, when that happens, when you make that homogenous, like you come together and you make that, uh, that, um, that nucleus and you say, okay, we're gonna grow together. Like, this is it. I, mean, I remember, like, I have a daughter, and I remember that's how I thought about my daughter's mother. At that moment, all I could think of was, like, yo, this is it. Like, this is the person, right? I don't care what happens after that. Like, this is all pro. There's no this. <laughs> like, whatever doesn't work out just did not work out, right? So once I get to that moment, I'm like, this is it. And so with Jennifer, it's like we went through the process, and I, I, I was processing, like, oh, could she be? Or is this gonna happen? So there was no con to what the possibilities of us was. There was no con to that. It was just at that moment, it was like, these are the pros. Mm -hmm. Okay, now do they all come to fruition? So for me, it's just pros when it comes to relationship. If we're gonna call it a relationship, then that's what it is. Like there's all pros.
4: Like that, That's that's a nice positive way to look at it. Um, all right. Um, well, I, before we get into the games, Jen, do you have? Any, I have one more thing. Do you have anything else you want to? Okay. Uh, but the one thing I'm going to say, which it may be quite controversial in general, is again, it's a very common societal idea, which is in a relationship you should always put the other person first. I don't agree with that. I personally think you've got to put yourself first up front because if you're not and you're not looking after yourself then, and again, like Jen, we've talked about on our self and self-care episodes. If you're not good in looking after yourself and healthy in body and mind, you're never going to show up for that relationship in the right way. And, and Tristan, you know, you and I, and I, you know, I wasn't looking after myself in the right way, I guess, so I didn't show up in the right way for, for our relationship partly. Um, and that was because of that reason. So I think it's really important that, that in a relationship, though you obviously, a huge part of you is about that other person really the primary focus should still be on yourself and looking after yourself and maintaining yourself and your side of that relationship to ensure that you really show up in the right way.
0: It makes the relationship so much better too when you mm. are taking care of yourself. If you've ever mm. been in a really positive mindset with lots of self-care and and living your best life, mm. how great is everything in your life? Not just relationships. You're, everything works out because... That's how your mentality is when you're taking care of yourself. So I agree with that. Just make, balancing your self-care with partner care.
1: The balance is mm-hmm. very important. Mm-hmm. So balancing, like you said is very important because if you tell this a random person, um, think of yourself first or self-care and it's not, and the definition is self-centered. Right. <laughs> like,
0: really- a lot of people will see it that way.
1: Right, so it's kind of like you have to balance it out where it's saying I agree where it's like you put yourself first, mm-hmm. but then it's kind of like um, I am putting myself first to be happy to
4: make you happy. It's, exactly. It, it's it's Amen. conscious consciousness of, of what you need right. to make you happy to make the relationship successful. So that's something where it's kind of
1: like, okay, I'm, not, I'm putting myself first, of course. Mm-hmm. And I tell people that all the time through just regular conversation where it's like, you need to take care of yourself before you could take care of the next person, mm-hmm. right? So, but you have to be conscious enough to be like, I am making sure that I am mentally, mentally healthy, emotionally healthy, because I want to take care of you. I want you to be happy. I want this or whatever, this and that. So that's, sometimes the confusion is kind of like, okay, myself or this person, and that's the conflict. Mm-hmm. Because what makes you happy right now, it's what's going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. right that becomes a conflict where you try to bounce it out it's kind of like okay what do i do yeah
0: i heard this one someone told me this maybe around christmas time. they they said you can never say the wrong thing to the right person
3: mm. that's that is so true <laughs> <laughs> no, you
0: can't like you, you can you can yeah
4: sounds it, like a challenge are, to me I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't think it happened. David. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> yeah.
4: Um, you don't think it happened. <laughs> just to go back to that putting yourself first. I think the simplest way to, to analyze or put an analogy on that is when you get on the airplane and, and the air steward is telling you, you know, when the mask comes down, you put it on yourself before you put it on your kid. Right? you gotta look mm-hmm. after yourself, otherwise you're not gonna be able to look after your kid. It's as simple as that, right? That's the way that's the best, most basic way I can Yeah.
0: Also, how many times have you been in like kind of a, a, a shitty mindset or like something mm-hmm. where you haven't felt your best and your date, let's say you're dating, how many people do you attract that aren't good people? Mm-hmm. Like not bad, but just not. Also not a good place. <laughs> like, it, we're, we're all mirrors of each other. So we're going to yeah. attract in exactly how we feel on the inside. Mm -hmm. and if you're not taking care of yourself you're not going to be a fun partner
4: agree all right so uh we're going to move on to our games um uh look but the first is words of wisdom and that is that is where there's a mantra there's a saying there's a quote something that you've lived by that that means a lot to you that you think other people uh, would benefit from hearing um well trish looks like she's got one already so we'll go with you trish if it's not a fuck yes,
3: it's a no. <laughs> like Amen. It, right? Amen. Amen. That's
0: it's a classic.
4: I'm that's what, that's sorry, the, yeah.
3: I'm sorry,
0: sorry if I'm not allowed to do that. You're <laughs>
4: allowed to Jen Jen's got a ruler in the picture. And the one behind her.
0: What?
4: <laughs> really? uh, and Hilaire, what about you? From our relationship or life? Either or, whatever works. Because I th- I feel like it's all entwined in all honesty in this in this oh. scenario.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it's a little different. Um, if we're talking <laughs> about life, it's like um, I live by uh, it is better to be feared than to be loved.
4: Interesting. Like, okay. So if we're talking about <laughs> life, yeah, would it? Can you elaborate on that a little bit? It's um,
1: it ties into relationship. It might be my growing process or like discovery type thing or whatever. But it's kind of like I feel. The person closest to you Mm -hmm. is the person that's going to hurt you the most, right? Like, that's the person that feels like they're doing it for you. Mm -hmm. They're doing something to save you because they think they know you, right? So that's why I always say it's better to be feared than to be loved. But if we're talking about relationship, I would say you can't fall in love until you're willing to get hurt. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're not willing to get hurt, then you will never fall in love. Mm-hmm. All right.
4: Like that. All right. Jen.
3: Okay. Um, <laughs> and the next one is kind of in this vein, which is a little serious and a little morbid. So get ready. Okay? I don't think it's
4: morbid. Jen always thinks it's morbid. I don't think so, but please.
3: Trish, your ex-husband wanted to call this game the tombstone game. So don't you think that's pretty uh, morbid? They even get us, okay? So um, we change it to legacy, okay? So what do you want people to say about you when it's all said and done?
1: Wait, hold on. Wait, somebody's going? <laughs> I'm like, like,
3: thinking. <laughs> <I have to laughs> <develop this laughs> because She's thinking. Of... Okay. She's thinking. What do I if want you want to go, go hilario, you can. So whoever. I'm not
1: ready. <laughs> like okay. I'm definitely not ready. Um. <sighs> um
3: mm.
0: <laughs> what a good hugger she was. love that i like that
4: trish is a good hugger i can confirm that also
0: (laughs) that's not as deep as i wanted it to be but it i guess now no one's really hugging but that's something that i know (laughs) feel really good when i do it to them and i can connect with them and love them in that moment and it's all full of love so it's real
4: Mm -hmm. i I like that that. yeah i like that hallelujah
1: um that i actually cared right like i think some people and it's partly my fault i guess based on how i communicate or i um project myself Mm -hmm. that they might not think that i care right so i am hardest on you if i care about you like just Mm -hmm. just me like if i care about you i expect more from you
2: mm-hmm.
1: so that can come off as like oh he's just this person or angry or aggressive whatever but mo- so it's most of the times because like i care so if anybody's going to remember anything is how much i cared about them
4: okay very sweet i like it okay and then the uh, our favorite game apartment for e which is yeah. uh, our, our little apartment where we we put everything in that we want to rid the world of so uh, I'm going to ask you what aspect of relationships would you like to put in a par- in apartment for E and therefore disappear from the world forever?
0: Passive aggressiveness. Nice. <laughs> nice.
4: Trish. Okay. That's, a sure. that's, that's, that's a good one. sure.
3: That's a good one.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's an easy one then. to understand. But that is a good one. <laughs> that's yeah. An okay. Uh...
1: Aspects. Um, gender roles.
3: Mm. Oh, Hi. that's surprising. That is very
1: surprising. <laughs> oh, I'll just say gender roles. It's like we live in a world where it's like, it's not what we thought it was going to be.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, this is not what I envisioned growing up. <laughs> like, whether it's yeah. relationship, like what I thought, like, the path that was set in front of me, that's not, it's not it. Mm-hmm. Right? So we have to adapt. So I would say gender role is something that's kind of like, there's no standard.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, there's I like no, that. there's no map. Like it's whatever works for those couples or mm-hmm. com- like these people. It's, it's whatever works.
4: For sure. I like that a lot. And it's funny what because this mm-hmm. reminds me, I think there's a couple of times, Jen, we've asked, uh, we had a couple of guests on this season and several times, like, like yourself, uh, Hilaire, Reflected on when they were growing up, they were they were presented certain expectations of what life would be like, and the reality is that it's not. So where's that disconnection? Like, how are people teaching people that this is how life's going to be, yet the reality isn't the case? I'm, right. I'm so curious about how that that happens. Anyway, that's a whole other that's a whole other conversation. But um, you just, just got to accept that
1: look, it's evolving. Yeah. Like life is evolving, right? right? For sure. And then we're in an era with technology dating is online like Mm -hmm. people always say to me it's like well i'm not on a dating now i'm like do you have a facebook yes you are because Facebook.
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's funny
1: like that's what it is like that's just that's the reality Mm -hmm. right so certain roles that we like we used to say this is what you're supposed to do this is what i'm supposed to do it's not the same anymore
4: Mm -hmm. i like it um all right uh well oh there she is we just lost jen for a second but she's back all right um, well look this is um this has been amazing uh and i'm I'm so grateful for you both for coming on um and this has been eye-opening and interesting and i'm I'm just really grateful that we had the chance to have this conversation jen
0: i don't really remember what i said anymore
3: (laughs) <laughs> You'll be reminded it's recorded.
4: Yeah. Don't worry,
0: yeah.
3: Yeah. it's gonna be on the internet for the rest of time. So.
0: so I can show don't worry everyone. This is what it's like.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like you are literally part of history. <laughs> like That's- this is yeah.
3: yeah, for real.
0: Like
1: seriously. <laughs> I love. And it.
3: I'm yeah. I'm really appreciative that you guys even agreed to be on this episode. Uh, Trish, I really really appreciate it your frankness and talking about how difficult it was for david to tell you on a tuesday afternoon that you know it's time for us to put each other in the friend zone that is difficult mm-hmm. so i really appreciate you saying that um because there are a lot of people who can really relate to that and by you being frank both of y'all you guys are really helping people heal um which i think is important when you are being honest mm-hmm. and Haley, i really appreciate you coming on too because as I said, me and Hilaire actually have not seen each other in two years. Like, that's how serious, that's how serious I was. And I was like, I don't ever want to talk to you for the rest of my life. Like, that, that is how, that is how black and white I am. Like, honest to God, it. it is literally all or nothing. Like, so um, that took a lot for, for you, Hilaire, and me coming out of the booth emailing, you, hey, you want to be on this uh, episode about relationships? <laughs> I wouldn't mind it, he would be like, fuck you, you know what I mean, but he wasn't like that at all, very sweet, very accommodating, like, yeah, sure, sounds interesting, so thank you guys both for being a yeah. part of this conversation, oh. um, oh, well, look at Olive, and I'm sure this conversation will do a lot of good for people, so thank you,
1: I got one question, though, I do have a question, right, like for you me, said, or you for know, who, um, I guess it's for the show, but for you, <laughs> so, for the show, oh, but for Lord. you. No, like you said, like we ha- like this is the first time I'm seeing that I'm talking to you mm-hmm. like yeah. in those past e- like year and a half to two years. Two right? years. After that, year. So this is the first conversation that we talked about anything, right? So
5: Yeah.
1: Like I'm, I'm like I'm a curious person. So when you said it, oh you I got that email, I was like, oh hell yeah, like like I, I wanna know what happens. Like what's like so I came on as a guest, but also as a spectator. Mm-hmm. Like right, just to see what happens. So mm-hmm. the one question I kept asking myself this whole time was, "Why me?" Like that mm-hmm. was the question. Being yeah. that we haven't spoken, like two years is a is a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, yeah. "Why me?"
3: Um, I I just thought that from what I remember, you are a very thoughtful person in conversation. I thought that you were always very respectful and honest. And I thought that you could provide some insight into um, how you saw me operating in a relationship because, you know, I didn't want to reach out to you before because I think I had way too much ego and pride and maybe still some hurt about how we ended. And so with this episode, being about you know partners and lovers or whatever i thought it would be a good opportunity to maybe achieve some sort of closure um and 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 at the same time you know offer other people a way you know to heal from relationships that just ended sort of abruptly you know so that's that's why you
2: okay
3: yeah
4: Super. Um, well, thank you both sincerely. This has really been amazing, and as Jen said, I think this this will be very helpful to people. I think uh, hopefully those listening to this conversation, and let's be honest, every single person has gone through, and, and either it's in a relationship or have been through breakups, and will go through breakups in the in the futures. Um, so hopefully, this is this is really helpful and insightful to people. Um, and obviously, every situation is different. Um, everyone's individual and, and independent. Um, but these, these problems and these issues and these resolutions and ways to communicate seem to be cyclical, right? We, we, we're thousands of generations in, of human beings in and we're all still dealing with the same issues. So I, I feel very good that we can share these, this, our relationships and, and have these vulnerable and open conversations about it. And I know I, I'm taking a lot away from this and I hope uh, you know, our listeners are too. So thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. Thanks guys. All
3: right Thank you. So that was interesting and good and fun and I'm just glad that I did not melt okay <laughs> how do you feel
4: good yeah I mean it's uh, as I said at the beginning I, I wasn't nervous honestly going into it. I, I think there was a couple of moments you know the last few weeks where I was a little bit nervous about the idea of it um but really going into it I wasn't nervous at all you know I'm I'm uh, obviously very comfortable with Trish and, and her and I, you know, become very close over the, the last couple of years, which is, which is amazing. And we're very fortunate. Um it was really nice to talk about it a bit in all honesty. And it was also really nice to hear about you and Hilaire and, and your perspectives and uh, both your insights were, were very interesting to me. So um, thank you for sharing. I think it was great.
3: Yeah. Thank you for sharing too. I really appreciate it. As I said, their frankness, you know, and their honesty.
4: For sure. And I mean, one of the biggest things for me that I take away from all of this and, and in general is uh, everyone's different, right? Everyone works in different ways. And I think at least for me, one of the most important things I've learned is that you can't be afraid to ask for what you want. You can't be afraid to say what's important to you um, for fear of rejection or fear of, you know, just anger or whatever it might be. You know, if, if, if you need something, you've got to put it out there because if you don't, it's only going to build resentment one way or the other. Um, mm-hmm. so, so speak up and be honest about what you need. Um, yeah, um, just be true to self, true to yourself, right? And, and, and as I always say often is trust your gut. You know, if something doesn't feel right, then it probably isn't right. And, and maybe analyze why first. Um, and if you, you know, whatever conclusion you come to, you need to act on that and, and be honest yeah. with yourself about that. Um, for sure. Yeah. And then based on
3: what Hilaire was saying about being in love with love, I've now penned him as a Charlotte. He is Charlotte from Sex in the City. (laughs) He is a person that believes in love and is Mm -hmm. like, love is going to fall upon me. Like, I I don't think I really knew that, knew that about him. Mm -hmm. I think he told me that, but I don't, like, it didn't resonate until just now. Um, So that was kind of like endearing to hear. Um, and then it was also nice to hear that Trish feels like she's in a healthy relationship right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going through a divorce, I always find it interesting, you know, how much time people allow uh, before they start dating again. You know what I mean? Like, um, so that's always been fascinating to me, you know, mm-hmm. just the, the time.
4: For sure. But yeah. Good. Well, great. And uh, so then what about your apartment Four a...
3: Uh what do I wanna put in apartment for Eve regarding romance and relationships? Um like I said before, but I'll put it in here. The um propensity for people to attack each other mm-hmm. instead of the problem when people um have disagreements. Okay. Uh, that's what I wanna put in there. What about you? Oh.
4: I'm actually going to put in two because I just thought of a second one, interestingly, um, as I think about Trish and I separating. First one is removing social expectations and judgments. You know, this is how you should be in a relationship. This is, you know, that's it. You do what you want to do. Again, be independent, be honest with each other, be honest with yourselves and be like, be true and just be like, live your life how you think is the best way for you to live your life. That's number yeah. one. The second one is the, the approach friends have when you separate from someone. A very common approach is that, uh, for example, and I'm going to use Trish, Trish and I as an example, when we separated, when we ultimately got divorced, several of her friends who, by the way, were my friends as well, um, put ideas in her head about reasons why we separated, right? and Because they, they, they say things that they think the person wants to hear to make them feel better about a situation. Mm -hmm. And that's a very human thing um, in most situations, but I think it's quite detrimental. And uh, that happened a little bit with Trish, you know, certain people said certain things to her, which obviously were unfounded and and we, and as you know, now we're very close and aware of what the situation is, but I don't like the aspect of human beings in general, just to say something because they think it will make someone feel better in the short term, when the reality is it's actually more damaging than the truth, right? And then, because then, often, again, with Trish and I, I couldn't quite explain it when we separated. Um, you know, I right. couldn't quite understand it in myself and therefore I couldn't quite explain it to her, which was, as she said on that, was, was very difficult for her. And I can completely sympathize and understand with that. And as much as I wanted to give her clarity, I just, I couldn't, right? Um, and so unfortunately, you know, that am- ambiguity at times, which again is very human, is often, turned around into something else and again there's not just just there's other people in the past there's other people I know right and even me talking about people historically like I've known in the past that I've said things that I think will make people feel better about a situation when I definitely shouldn't have done right because that's not the reality and that's not the healthiest way to to deal with something like that so that'll be the second thing I'll put in there this week okay Um, great that was an amazing episode and i'm really glad we we put ourselves out there to do that and and as we said then i think i think hopefully people get a lot out of it i
3: think they will i think they for sure will
4: okay and i'm gonna get this right twitter ish (laughs) ish with a brit nailed it (laughs) uh instagram shooting the ish with a brit no g in there shooting the ish with a brit And our website is www.ishwithabrit.com, which has all our episodes. It has more information about Jen and I, about the podcast, and it also has a resources page uh, with with certain things that we reference during the episodes as well. So thank you, everyone. And thank you, Jen.
3: Flawless. Thank you.